It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Throwback Thursday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, your secondhand expert, your cheap seat crony. My name is Jeff Carr. Thanks for downloading and listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a little bit of Reds history. I'm going to present to you a pitcher who probably is in the minds of most Reds fans who know their Reds history, the best pitcher, uh, all due respect to Mr. Johnny Cueto, this fellow put together some really impressive numbers back in the day. We're going to go all the way back to the 1930s and 40s for this one. But before we get to that, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And make sure that you check us out on Twitter at LockedOnReds and also my personal account at Jeff Carr, J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R. Now, what we're going to talk about today, Throwback Thursday, I love doing these, and I've gotten some pretty good feedback on them too, and I appreciate that. Today, I want to look at Bucky Walters. That's right, we're talking about Captain America's friend Bucky. No, I'm just kidding, not that Bucky. This Bucky was... Probably the Reds' best pitcher. I know I talked about Noodles Han a few weeks ago and mentioned him as maybe the Reds' best pitcher, but I think Bucky Walters may have a really good argument and probably a better argument than Noodles Han, as Bucky Walters had quite a career. He pitched for 11 seasons with the Reds, and in those 11 seasons, he compiled 160 wins. And he had a 2.93 ERA with 879 strikeouts in 296 starts. And in those starts, what what was amazing about him was his ability to go deep into ball games. And back in that day, that was kind of a thing. But Bucky Walters was the best at it, especially for a three-year period. But during his 11 years as a Red, he compiled 195 complete games in 2,355 and two-thirds innings pitch. Just absolutely phenomenal for him. He only gave up 112 home runs in that time, so uh, you know how I've raved about Alex Wood and Tanner Rourke and Sonny Gray's ability to keep the ball in the ballpark. Bucky Walters was pretty darn good at that, too. I mentioned he had a three-year stretch in which he was just phenomenal at the, you know, at leading the league in complete games for the three-year period between 1939 and 1941, he had a total of 87 complete games. And in each of those seasons, each season in a row, he led the National League in complete games and was just a phenomenal dude. And his mentality kind of that led to that ability to go all through the entire game was 
he actually started his baseball career as a position player. In fact, when he was coming up with the Boston Braves, he was a third baseman. And he actually um, ended up with the Boston Red Sox for a few years, played third base, and then was bought by the Philadelphia Phillies. And after a year of struggling in 1934, the Phillies went outside and they, they brought in a outside third baseman who ended up beating him out in spring training for the starting third baseman spot. And there are a couple of differing stories as to how this happened, but basically, probably my favorite story that I had read about this was his transition from being a third baseman to being a pitcher. A lot of his teammates had suggested the possibility that he could be a pitcher, and then also his manager really tried to convince him. And in fact, Bucky Walters recalled this story where the manager, Jimmy Wilson, for the Phillies was attempting to convince him to become a pitcher and Bucky Walter said that his ins- his consistent insistence that a pitcher even the lowest of rank of pitchers is going to make more money than a backup third baseman and Bucky Walters actually at this time had just gotten married so that was kind of a big deal for him the story goes though that Jimmy Wilson the Phillies manager got him drunk enough to the point where he would agree to the deal. So, you know, no one ever said alcohol made bad decisions. Okay, maybe they did. But anyway, Bucky Walters actually becoming a pitcher was an awesome decision for him, even though he later lamented the decision because he said, I want to play every day. Just a true baseball guy. But pitching turned out to be a good decision for Bucky because he was very good at it. And in fact, four years later in 1939, he was the National League MVP. Now back then they didn't have the Cy Young Award, but he was the MVP for the National League because in 1939 he had 27 wins, a 2.29 ERA, and 137 strikeouts, which also led the National League. So he went for the pitching triple crown that year. That's right, Reds fans. But you didn't know that there was a former Reds pitcher that had a triple crown in their as a feather in their cap. Because, you know, we look at the Reds' history and we don't think of pitching too often, but Bucky Walters was right there. And 1939 was an interesting year because, you know, he was the MVP. The Reds made the World Series. They won 97 games. The 1939 Reds, led by Ernie Lombardi and Frank McCormick on the offensive side, and then also on the pitching side, you had Bucky Walters and Paul Derringer. And they made the World Series, but they ran into Joe DiMaggio and the New York Yankees, and the Yankees ended up sweeping that series four to none. In fact, Bucky Walters actually kind of had a rough series. He pitched twice, and he actually, his first game was a complete game. He pitched eight innings because they didn't go to the ninth because it was there in New York. But he pitched eight innings, and he gave up four runs. And the pitcher who faced him for the Yankees gave up zero. So that kind of overshadowed his performance there. And then Bucky Walters again pitched in game four. In fact, very um, unfortunately, in game four, Paul Derringer started, and the Reds actually took a lead to the ninth, and they brought in Bucky Walters in the eighth inning, and he proceeded to give up the lead, unfortunately, in the ninth inning. He allowed 
the tying two runs to come to the plate as the Reds were at four to two. The tying two runs come to the plate, and then in the top of the tenth inning, he allowed three more runs, and the Reds lost game four and the World Series. Now, he did bounce back, though, in 1940, and in fact, he was a key player in the Reds' World Series victory of 1940. He pitched two complete games against the Detroit Tigers in that series that went seven games, and one of them was a shutout as they won the second World Series in, Fran- in Reds franchise history. So he's definitely been a key part of Reds history, and we'll talk more about that when we come back from the break. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thanks again for listening to Locked On Reds Podcast. It's Throwback Thursday. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. We're talking about Bucky Walters, the best pitcher probably in the Reds franchise history, pitched back in the 30s and 40s. It's funny because the way that the Reds got Bucky Walters, it makes me think of this offseason that we're in because it's widely regarded as one of the best trades that the Reds have ever made. This season, the Reds have done some pretty savvy moves. And back then, they made this move with the Philadelphia Phillies. They traded two uh, young guys for him. They traded a young hitter and a young pitcher, Spud Davis and Al Hollingsworth, and also $50,000 to the Phillies for Bucky Walters. Now, Bucky's stats with the Phillies, he, he was a pretty decent pitcher, but he actually never saw an ERA lower than four in Philadelphia. Now, when he came to Cincinnati, he really turned that around. And in fact, in eight of his 11 seasons, Bucky had a less than three ERA for the Reds. So really, that trade worked out pretty well for them. And the the cool thing about him was he didn't lose that edge that he had with the bat. In fact, his year, 1939, whenever he won the MVP for his pitching, he was also pretty decent with the bat. That year he had 120 at-bats, and he had a 325 batting average in those 120 bats. He also had a 357 on on-base percentage. So he was not a guy that whenever his spot came up in the lineup, the opposing pitcher was just like, ugh, automatic out. In his 11 seasons with the Reds, he hit eight home runs, and he had, get this, 105 RBIs. Just Hard to imagine, outside of Michael Lorenzen, of course, a pitcher that hits that well nowadays, but he was able to really take with him the fact that he wanted to play every day. He was a position player when he came into the league, and he was able to translate that into you know continuing success at the plate while he was a pitcher. Probably one of the coolest things whenever I was researching Bucky Walters, there was a article on Fangraphs.com for the Hardball Times. They were talking about Bucky Walters, and and the guy that was writing about it was just like, you know, he really didn't know that much about Bucky Walters, and he kept getting this email from this dude named Jeffrey, which... It's ironic, it's my name too, but I wasn't the one that was emailing him because this dude was actually the grandson of Bucky Walters. And he was trying to, you know, drum up the memory of his grandfather because Bucky Walters actually isn't in the Hall of Fame. Despite the numbers that I'm giving to you and the fact that he's had, you know, a pretty decent career, he was considered one of those guys that had a good career because he played during the wartime years. And there was kind of a prejudice against those guys 
kind of sounds a little familiar with the steroid era, guys, but there was a prejudice against people who had great performances during the 40s because it was, you know, looked upon that he played against lesser competition. Now, that's neither here nor there. I mean, heck, he pitched against Joe DiMaggio in the World Series. I don't necessarily think that's lesser competition. He also had his best seasons before the war, at least before Sorry, I'm forgetting my history. Before America got into the war, but the whole point was of me mentioning this article, it goes into detail about the emails that this guy had with this dude named Jeffrey, who was Bucky Walters' grandson, and he even sent some of the letters that Bucky Walters received over his career from some famous people, like guys like, I mean, even Richard Nixon and, you know, people like that, that wrote letters to Bucky Walters talking about how good he was and all this other stuff. But the one that struck me the most was the general manager for the Reds at the time, Warren Giles, wrote a letter to Bucky Walters and uh, didn't really have a year on this, but I can imagine it was probably there in the early 40s whenever he was enjoying his best success. In the letter, it literally says, When the time comes that you want to sign a contract and you find this one isn't satisfactory, you tell me what a figure you want for me to put in and it will be put in. You know, you look at the supposed collusion and all this other blah blah stuff when it comes to free agents nowadays and with Bryce Harper and Manny Machado and here's a historical letter between a general manager and a player where the general manager literally said in writing, not, not, you know, in a conversation, he wrote it to him, whatever you want, we'll just put that on the dotted line, whatever the money figure you want is because he realized the value that Bucky Walters brought to the team. And that really is just about as big a sentiment as you could say, apart from the statistics and stuff, because you know, some of the numbers don't really add up to what you would see a hall of famer is today, but the accounts of the letters, and especially this one from Warren Giles, who later became the president of the National League, was just eye-opening to what the pitcher was back then. Because, obviously, there's no highlight tape of a pitcher who pitched in the late 30s and early 40s. So we can't go back and see what his windup looked like. We can't see how he handled in-game situations, whether he got rattled easily, all this other stuff. But... We can look at these and say, this is what people thought of him. And we can see how successful he was through their eyes. And it's just something that really struck me. And I I really thought that was pretty cool, given nowadays where negotiations are so shrewd and, you know, people are trying to get players for what little they can get them for. And in this one, they're just like, nope, whatever money you want, that's what we'll get. So... Today's been Throwback Thursday. I hope you've enjoyed it. We've talked about William Henry Walters Jr., a.k.a. Bucky Walters, the Reds' best pitcher in franchise history. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. He's the Reds' best pitcher in franchise history. Tomorrow on the podcast, we've got Phone It In Friday. I've got C. Trent Rosecrans on the Skype. We had a nice conversation. I appreciated his time and... um, get into a lot of good stuff about the offseason not really hitting on just one topic just kind of 
touching on a lot of different things, and I think you guys will enjoy it. So make sure you listen to tomorrow's episode of the Lockdown Reds Podcast. Thanks for downloading today's. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, and check us out on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. That's J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you tomorrow. You've listening to the Lockdown Reds Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.